Hello and welcome to the Carbitrage Podcast, episode 294. I am Eric Berger, joined as always by my co-host Ryan Saninsky. Hello. Hey, it's me. How do? I I do. I, I'm slaying a youngling. Slung a youngling. Slaying a youngling. Perfect. I also have a youngling that is not quite open yet. It's I'm a still Star Wars reference because Anakin got caught on security footage slaying younglings during Order 66. Oh my And there's a whole meme God. of Anakin slaying younglings. Patreon.com forward slash Carbitrage. On this super cool website, you will find three open-ended levels of support starting at just a buck a month to help content consumers like you support content producers like us. Basically, just helps pay hosting costs and beer. So, Patreon.com forward slash Carbitrage. If you want to, we thank you kindly. If not, we understand. All right. So, first topic, and this was something I had to lean back to a couple of times on the last episode because I couldn't remember exactly where the... One uh, second. Oh, good. <laughs> I couldn't remember exactly where I put this bad boy. But when we were talking about the 400Z on the last episode, and I don't know what the hell is going on on the computer here. Please forgive me. We were talking about the 400Z on the last episode and how they were only giving us the Nismo car with an automatic transmission. I had to come back to that and say, okay, why is that happening when the demographic of the buyer pretty much the same as it is for the A91 Supra, and ever since Toyota finally got off their ass and put the BMW 6-speed Getrag manual transmission in the A91, it's been selling almost 50% of the units. The take rate of the A91 B58 Supra, the six-cylinder one, the more real one i understand the lc 500 which i yes. saw one of yesterday oh uh, very cool sounded great um but the take rate is 47 percent on the six speed in 2023 the people buying cars with their own money yeah. brand new shocking i know it's weird it's when, like when you say hey we want manuals well if we're buying an expensive ass car you should give us a manual for it and like, then yeah what like what but no, no, no. Also, the I, just sent, I sent you over the Anakin killing younglings. Man. Oh, for Pete's sake. Give me just a sec. Let's bring it up. <sighs> Sorry, my insurance adjuster called me. I've seen security hologram of Anakin oh, shit. killing I younglings. And there's Anakin just in the grass drinking a bunch of younglings. <laughs> <laughs> the memes write themselves. Anyway, so yeah, of course the ninety one sells better. Than ah! Why would why, like what? <laughs> like, these aren't muscle cars. Like, no, people buy the goddamn things to have a fun weekend car. Yeah, that no. is what it's for. Ima- imagine making a Civic Type R automatic only. Who the fuck would buy that? <laughs> like, what? What is that for? Like, miss your market as much as you can while you're at it. Yeah, miss me with that market research. Yeah, no, this is um, good. I'm glad that they did this, and I'm glad that, yeah, like, this is why I'm like, I would never, ever, maybe they'll make a manual Nismo, because nobody's going to buy the automatic Nismo. I hope so. And we've seen a lot more of that in the last 10 years, where manufacturers are actually bending to that pressure, because wouldn't you know it, they have to make money with their product, and if you sell somebody an enthusiast sports car, and you don't give them the enthusiast transmission option, they're not going to buy it. No. There's a reason that nobody bought Infiniti J30s. Like, Correct. Like, there's a, there's a very good reason for that. There's a reason that Infiniti didn't make a single sale of that car until the G35 came along and was great in every way. Like, uh, credit where it's due I, to the G35. Like, I found we, one at a U-Pole, and I took the 
projector headlights out of it. Yeah, like we we talk a lot of shit about G thirty fives, but like you have to understand, like when the V thirty five generation, my dad's generation, mm-hmm. the O two to like O nine, I think is what it was or something. No three or four. It was O two actually. Really, they had one year only where it had a very tiny Infinity logo. They were actually really cool looking. They were much slower. That design was way ahead of its time. Yeah, but like you have to understand, like in two thousand two, like. 240 horsepower manual transmission v6 sports sedan rear wheel drive like that's actually a good car when the g35 came out the sedan specifically yeah i really liked it yeah and like there's a reason that i had my dad buy one is like they were great vehicles and like it was actually a skyline that came to america Mm -hmm. they didn't like mess with it like it was just came to america exactly as it was and they were actually very good for their time and like if I could find a good condition, not fucked with Nismo, I think our friends have shown yes. us. <laughs> if I find a good condition, not fucked with Nismo G thirty five, like V thirty five generation, I would probably buy one. Actually, like, I still like them. In fact, a nice unmolested one. Yeah, I think that might be a future collectible. No, that absolutely is. Like especially like my dad's spec, where it was uh, the the Nismo. Uh, factory optional body kit where yeah. they didn't like call it a Nismo model. It was right. just like the sport package front end. That's it was like, like irreplaceable. The, the uh, oh, fuck. It was like the TRD appearance package. But you like should the- control T and do like um, 2004 G35 sedan Nismo. Like it, sedan, G35. Yeah, and then Im- we'll, we'll find it. We'll yeah. find it. Uh, actually, right. There, that's yeah. the Nismo one. That's are those exactly the factory wheels. Uh, no, those, those are look not bigger. But those are that. That is effectively what my father had, and oh, the, it, it's like that's like the peak of like G thirty five. Like everything yeah. since that's like kind of sucked a little bit more. And Tanabe actually made an exhaust that doesn't sound terrible because Tanabe will make anything sound good. I there's a part of me that it's pretty okay with a VQ thirty five as long as it has a junkyard eaten M ninety. With yeah. a homemade plenum on it. That's fair. Because it gets the, apparently all the noise, weirdness from the VQ comes from the intake, not the exhaust. Yes, it does, yeah. Which is bonkers to me. But, like, I heard one of those in, like, a Drift Missile G35 a couple of years ago, and I There's really, also an intake like manifold it. called Kinetics that fixes the problem, too. Good. I would get that. Yeah. And so then I would preventatively do the timing chains. So. Actually, a Kinetics intake manifold looks really cool. I do a Kinetics intake manifold. I do headers um, with a high-flow cat. And I would do a Tanabe exhaust system. It sounds great. Anyway, like, if you guys ever see a really clean first gen G thirty five manual sedan, buy it. Yeah, that's actually a good buy. Like, yep. Yeah. Um, but oh, really, bye. He just oh. wanted to say bye before he left. Oh, you're leaving? Okay, that's fine. Thank you for the mimosa stuffs. But yeah, like G thirty fives were like cool back in the day, but now they're not. Um, but and now we have the modern replacement for it, which is a manual Vupra. Yeah, that's fun. There's actually a guy um, that is lives in my neighborhood that has a vanity plate. It says Bupra. It says B-O-O-P-R-A. Because it's a BMW? Yes. That's that's a good it's, plate. It's a good license plate. I, I really it. wanted to get Fiat for the Fiat, but it's not clever enough. Everyone calls the Fiat 124. Yeah, no, and especially after I got spaghetti. Do you like, do you like Gnocchi? Uh, I do like Gnocchi. Yeah, get Gnocchi. That'd be a good one. I, what about gelato? I, I think no, that one's too fancy. Oh. I, I like. I want all my friends with Italian cars to not have douchey license plates. Fine, because it's so easy to have a douchey license plate. I know. There was a 360. I was at the show today. He had a terrible license plate. What when was we, it? Temptress. <sighs> it's 
stupid. Get out of here. Miss me with that. Like, if I had a Ferrari 360, B-O-Y-A-R-D-E. Boyardee. That'd be, Perfect. That would be my, my vanity plate. Perfect. Chef Boyardee. That, Perfect. Yeah, that would be my vanity plate for a three for a three sixty. Yeah. B O Y A R D. <laughs> you could you could cut it down. You gotta tell Andres to put that on yeah. his car. Yeah, that'd be great. Like there's so many great Italian <laughs> like Gabagool G A B A G U L. Like you could totally have great Italian license weights. Gabagool. Yeah, like why are you like that's just so ruining good. your car with a try-hard license plate. That's so good. Like, everybody, when you have a Ferrari and you have Temptress or, like, something edgy for your vanity plate, you're only getting laughed at. <laughs> yeah. And people are laughing at you, not with you. <clears throat> when you have a vanity plate, it's like spaghetti. Well, you're like, oh, look at this funny ah, license plate. It's a spaghetti. Spaghetti's from it. I have found my car. Like posted on Instagram, people making fun of like how hilarious the plate is. Like, look, it's Italian girls of spaghetti, and I'm like, yeah, it was me. And go, why did you get that? I'm it's like, a I'm like, it's Italian, and everybody has try hard plates, and they're like, that's a really good plate. I'm like, thank you. Like, this is the correct plate, spaghetti. Hell yes. So I love it. Yeah, Bupro is a good one, and then oh, yeah, you, you should you should get no Gabagool would be really Gabagool would be really oh. good. You should try and get that for somebody takes it. I miss the the plate checker website. Yeah, G four B A G U L G A B four G U L. Like, there's a lot of variants of Gabagool you can get. You yeah, should get put Gab- in the three. Yeah, yeah, you got to do Gabagool on the Fiat. Gabagool. That'd be so good. <laughs> People be like, oh, <laughs> that would be so funny. You need to do that, dude. Uh, like, rem- when you when you get tabs, you have to do Gabagool. Uh, yeah, next time I go into a DMV to register something. Yeah, you gotta get Gabagool for that. I still write checks and mail them maybe, in for my tabs normally. Oh, man, so. maybe if you ever get yourself a Lancia Thama 836. 832. 832? That could be your vanity plate. What a terrible vehicle, but I love it. Yeah, that's still could... so cheap. Like, yeah. the, the car market didn't touch those. Yeah, <laughs> nobody wanted them. A front wheel drive Ferrari V8 Lancia? That sounds like a terrible decision. But, like, knowing that the Fulvia is cheaper and better is tough. Like, I kind of want Andres's Fulvia. That's a really good car. I want a Fulvia sedan. Really bad. Oh, yeah. We but talked w- about that. Because it looks like it's a random Fiat. Well, it's a completely different car. But it's mechanically yes, the exact same yes. thing. Like, I love cars like that. So why don't you throw a Fulvia sedan on the I screen for our uh, uh, people who are watching on YouTube. Yeah, Fulvia um, sedan. Yeah, you have to specify sedan. Yeah, there you go. Just a normal car. I love that. I, I love the front end I think end we've looked that. at this exact image before. Yeah, you were very upset when you first saw it. <laughs> it, did, you, it did not rub you well. Um, this, uh, this digital photo came from the year that the car was made? I don't know how you find you get the thumbnail. I did the exact same thing you did, and I got the full-size image. Well, you watched me do it twice today with well, full-size images. I, I think you it's said it like, go back, go back. So, right-click. Right, no, no, go, go here. I'm going to try this one. Yeah, right-click. Oh, hang on. Now, open Im- image in new tab. Okay, so let's go to this one. And then right-click, open image in new tab. Fine. Yeah, so it's, you're not clicking open image in new tab. You're clicking Fine. in there. Anyway, so here's yeah. the sedan. That looks great. Yeah, but it looks exactly the same on the stream. That looks fine. <laughs> um, but we yeah, don't stream in 10 I, I think that's actually a, a very... I think view. that's actually a very... Oh, that is a B? Slaying it's my gunling. It's a good B. Yeah, he is a good B. Um, fun fact... Actually, terrible fact. Um, <laughs> Great, thanks. <laughs> wasps aren't as terrible as I thought they what? were, and they actually own, they have really sad lives. 
So when you actually see a wasp like this time of year, like this dude, um, oh, he is a bee. That's um, it. You got there are two okay bees. Uh, so wasps, when you actually see them, um, they don't produce honey, so they don't live through winter. And so they're, uh, they have workers to feed the queen until fall, and then the queen shuts off the pheromone telling workers to make food, and all the workers basically get laid off until they die. And they aren't provided with food. So they're literally just a bunch of homeless wasps. They also are asshole stingy bees. Yes, no, they are. They are, but like they, they live a very trite and sad life after they die. Because the, the, the queen burrows into the ground okay. and then lays additional queens for the next year. And then she herself dies. And all the workers, whenever you see them around you, they're just looking for something sweet, like honey or like, like sugar or something. Okay. And so, yeah, that's just a very sad existence. And it they, is. But also, I wish they would be less of an asshole. Yes. And the reason they're an asshole is because they're usually hangry and they aren't getting food because their only way of getting food is by um, attacking other animals and stealing their nutrients. Give me a glucose, bitch! Basically, yeah. So it's a very sad existence of wasps. Like, it's not undeserved, but it's a sad existence. So I've been giving them a little bit of I space I concede, but also I feel the least bit bad about yeah, them. Yeah, I don't feel bad about them, but, like, you know, it's also sad. But anyway, yes, so Lancia Falvey, I want one of these. Just I bet look these are at cheap that. as balls. Absolutely cannot be worth a penny. Because even the good ones aren't worth a penny. Like, and now this that's, is a, that's front-wheel drive V4 sedan looks awesome. Like God, that's such a terrible combination. I love it. Yeah, but I mean, like, I actually, I love that because it reminds me of like, a Fiat 1100 or, like, like any, like, mid-60s European sedan. That's, Going out of your way to buy an old front-wheel drive car seems so absurd, but in this case, it's like, well, well hear me out. Yeah, and, like, <laughs> so they actually had, like, spec for this where you could spec it out with the Fulvia HF engine. Nice. So you could get a sports sedan. They just never sold it as that. They didn't give you the rally suspension or anything. But all the shit bolts right on. Yeah, Yeah. that's what I thought. That's like buying a Lusso and putting the Abarth shit underneath it. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly what you're doing with this car. And I think that'd be brilliant. That's the correct way to enjoy a Fulvia. I like that more than the Zagato. And you know how I feel about four doors, so... I know, yeah, that's why I thought you would like that. Um, Anyway, I want to talk about the Minneapolis Mile, because I actually did that. Um, Fuck off. Fly? It was I a know. fly. I know. It's just been a um, apple smile was great. Okay. Uh, the weather, as always, did not cooperate for outside. <laughs> so there's oh. a hailstorm the day before. It destroyed a, like, <laughs> when I say destroyed, <laughs> destroyed a bunch of the cars that were, uh, that Mitsubishi had brought over for the ride along, like, shattered the windshield. There's actually a Mercedes <laughs> was outside at the show um, today. Oh. Uh, cars and Caves that had gotten that, and just, Annihilated with hail, like it was. It, it looked like it had a titleless sponsorship. It was so bad. Should have registered the Tesla. But um, yeah, it was. Uh, it was quite cursed. But uh, Aaron Dan's uh, the the co-founder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of, I met him at Supercar Saturday. Yeah, Aaron's a really nice guy. But um, he was able to like turn around the outdoor show because all the cars that were going to be outdoors didn't show up. They paid, but they never showed up. Which weird? Fine. Okay, I'm um, sure, but also he found a bunch of random cars in traffic that were like. He's like, "Hey, are you gonna park down here for uh, like Ed Sheeran and all that?" And they're like, "Yeah." He's like, "Want to be in a car show?" And they're like, "Is it free?" He goes, "It doesn't cost any more than parking for Ed Sheeran." 
Because, like, that's true. True. <laughs> They're like, all right, words. So they just parked their cars out there. <laughs> that's kind of cool. Just going and and actually fi- finding interesting fill, cars. Filled and- it out with actually really good, like, a Z32. Hell yeah. Um, a couple of really nice Jaguars. Um, Jag. Some, like, Audi um, S line cars. Like, a, a RS3, I think. Nice. It's, like, actually cool cars. Like, <laughs> showed up. And so, yeah, Aaron was able to save that. I want um, all car shows to become daily driver meets only yeah the the minneapolis mile indoor show is actually incredible this year um really 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 well did it have more than two mercedes if if that no the mercedes lineup sucked but everything else is i should bring blubski next year so i should win a trophy yeah you really should um robbie brought her r31 gtsr which is the greatest skyline i think i saw a photo of that in fact i did because i saw your commentary fucking good it is a perfect car so the gtsr was like they have a very eclectic but good taste in vehicles yes she has uh, everything she owns is great um and so yeah her gtsr is definitely the peak of that and it's so it's funny is i've been in a gtsr and a base model of that car okay uh i've never been in any in-between models and i will tell you that at no point does the r31 fail it is always good like as a slow four-cylinder is a fast inline six they're always enjoyable grandpa spec cars are usually just fantastic i, I told her i'm like I really, I, i'm like you know knowing this i i almost want a kip's grandpa car more because like it's just so weird and she's like that would be very strange i'm like you could do the clutch in the base model without taking the transmission or the engine out of the car you could absolutely slide that engine forward like six inches and have more than enough room this is why i love e39 six-cylinder cars because it's like that. You need nothing. Yeah. You can do everything with no floor jack. Yep. That's exactly what the R31 stands like. The suspension's soft enough. I bet you could probably crawl under it for an oil change of that. Like, just by picking up the front of the car and then just cracking the oil drain plug, and then you can get the oil filter from the top. Like, <laughs> you, could, you could absolutely do an oil change without actually pulling the car off of the... Uh, like uh, like up in the air, yeah. I'm, great great cars. I'm happy to hear that they pulled off the outside section because I know there was a lot of last minute issues with the outdoor section. But oh yeah, no, the city of Minneapolis is one of the most anti doing anything useful business. There's a reason Minneapolis is the way it is versus uh, St. Paul is the way it is because St. Paul like does stuff correctly. I was telling you, I've been, I've been petitioning Dan. I'm like. Dude, why don't you just do this at the River Center next year and then just like host the outside section like there in the park across the street from where Pazaluna used to be? Do a downtown show, block off the streets, yeah. Yeah, like that that would be because the city of St. Paul will actually work with you. The city of Minneapolis doesn't. Correct, because they like Melvin Carter fees, yeah. actually cares about his do you city. Know how fucking badass it would be if they closed down the entire park area around where Pazaluna was and they just did the show there. That's what I was telling you, man. Um, that'd be what you can do because like Melvin Carter like actually cares about his city Jacob Fry didn't grow up here mm-hmm. and I was like, like I've been talking to some people and like they didn't know that like, I've been absolutely throwing the city oh I know under the bus. I'm aware and yeah. it's justified so yeah and so I, a lot of people are like I'm like yeah it, uh, Jacob Fry is not from here he goes and there are a lot of people are like why are, is he allowed to run for for mayor then I'm like, I don't know, but I totally think that for any elected position, you should live within the city for at least 10 years. I'm mm-hmm. like, for mayor, it should be 20 years within the state of Minnesota. No question. Yeah. Because, like, yeah, you will be out of touch if yeah. you're not. If you're not from here, you don't get it. Like, I should not be allowed to run for anything in St. Paul because I grew up on the west side. Well, I, th- I think, well, at least in Minnesota, 
like, because, like, it's one thing, because, like, I don't want to, like, have the people that live in St. Paul be, like, just, like, the 300,000 people that live there. A lot of people move there later on in life and fall in love with the city. Like, Well, and those people are changing the city, too. Yeah, but, like, somebody, like, for instance, like, Elon Omar, she, like, spent her childhood in Africa and then came here. True. And she's genuinely a fantastic politician. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, what she did for her district while she was on Minneapolis City Council, like, really revitalized that area of, like, the Cedar Riverside area really got a lot better when Elon Omar was on city council before she moved on to Senate. Um, And it's just, like, one of those things where it's, like, just the juxtaposition of watching how Melvin Carter operates as mayor because he's from Minnesota, and Jacob Fry, who's just some boob from Pennsylvania. Um, I would absolutely say yeah you should totally have to be from here like 20 years is like that's not like that's enough time where you're like you know you could feasibly be like a young kid it's not like you're saying you have to be 30 to run for president right. or no, something. i'm not saying that but like you do but need like, time to adapt to like yeah the, the and issues like, i your, think like 20 years like community. if you've been in the state of minnesota mm-hmm. you have for 20 years not doesn't even have to be consistent just a total of 20 years in the state of minnesota that you have lived i think that would give you enough perspective of lived experience knowing the idiosyncrasies because there's a lot of stuff that like yeah it's pretty you like if you're just some random urbanist you're like oh you want to live on the light rail line in minnesota and i'm like "Mm, do you because you have to wait like five minutes to turn left on university going westbound oh my goodness like there's like some small things where it's just like that doesn't sound like it's a big deal but when you when you multiply that to every single person that lives anywhere near the light rail yeah that creates a problem for riders. And if you're like, oh, light rail, you know, it's it just has its poor people on it. And, like, that's the thing. It's like, yeah, it well, does. It's smelly. It smells like well, pee. It literally smells overwhelmingly of pee. But that's part of owning light rail but or being on light rail. But, like, there's things where it's like. I have not experienced that. Yeah, but there's, like, also things where it's like if you're if you recently moved here and you haven't been to Minnesota, you go, oh, Minnesota's cold. We'll put a good heater in our new light rail system that we're adding in. Oh, thank you. I was just giving another youngling. Yes. Um, yes. But it doesn't have a turtle necklace. <laughs> but, like, if, you, if, oh if you're God. if you from, if you're not from Minnesota and you recently moved here and you're just enjoying Back your... Thank you. I'll see you later. Um, and you're just, like, you're, you're just enjoying your position and you haven't actually, like been around here and you just hear oh minnesota gets cold in winter you don't see statistically that yeah we're 90 degrees in summer average for the midwest however our 90 degrees has a dew point of 70 so you miss that on a good day yeah you miss that where it looks like oh that's kind of hot no this is a soupy hot this is a hot that like like for instance when you can't sweat to fix it yeah like when me and ben went to go to um, the real-time collection hall when they first opened up in Wisconsin. Ben had never been to Wisconsin in the summer. (laughs) And he wears his khakis, and he sees me get off the plane, and I'm wearing, like, the lightest, whitest shirt that you could see my nipples through because, like, (laughs) I wanted the thinnest (laughs) piece of cloth around me in the shortest shorts I had. And he goes, aren't you a little underdressed for the heat? And I'm like, no, dude. He goes... It's only like seventy five, and I'm like, yeah. Did you look at that dew point though? He goes, no. 
It's 75. The dew point is 65. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> he walks and goes, what the fuck is this? <laughs> Told you. Goes, I made a mistake. I'm like, yeah, you made a mistake, dude. I made like, a huge mistake. That's the sort of thing where it's like, if you're not from Minnesota, yep. you don't understand that. Right. And like, on paper, it doesn't really translate. Right. And so I think that's one of those those small little idiosyncratic things where Melvin Carter can get it right when Jacob Fry can't. Because right. Jacob Fry's only been here in an official capacity. Like, he's never lived a life here. Right. He never knew what, like, Uptown was like in the mid-2000s. And he never and, will. No, he never will, because Uptown was like, that was the hipster neighborhood. But, like, it was more than just the hipster neighborhood, because it was the hipster neighborhood that artists lived in. And it wasn't like... It's not like in the best way to describe it is like Echo Park, Los Angeles, but cheap. Okay, that's how it was, and now it's obviously not. Now it's n- now expensive. it's closed down businesses. Well, that too. The reason it's closed down businesses is everybody is approving building permits had never lived there, right? And so they, as they were building these building permits, they were crushing the neighborhood's soul. They were. They were ripping out that Arby's that like everybody loved. Like yep. nobody went to the Arby's, but the Arby's sign was iconic there. Yep. And so as soon as that went away, the heart of the neighborhood went away. And you have these people like like Mayor Fry, where he really does not know what he's doing. And when you have a car show that's being predicated by people surrounding it, not knowing what they're doing, it mm-hmm. makes it very difficult where anybody other than Dan would not have been able to actually successfully host the show. Right. So Dan did a great job. The city really got in his way every step of the way. Well, and it was MNCC like, is like, Dan is a known quantity with this. Well, with I this mean, MNCC too. is its own thing. So like, I understand, but like, I'm just saying, Dan, whatever guys, whatever umbrella he's operating His community under, thing. Community. Minneapolis knows Dan. Yeah, people know Dan. Dan is Dan. Dan is great at doing what he does. And he doesn't have a history of making the city worse with his shows. No, he like Dan works with the worst set of cards that he can possibly get. And he makes like, this is a one man show. Basically like he literally does, all the time too. Yeah. But like, this is the thing is like Dan, like he gets a lot of help from a lot of people. Don't get me wrong. But like the majority of the living lifting that Dan and Brooklyn do mm-hmm. to make these shows happen, that if he did a half of what he did, these shows would not work. And he's able to pull together a show that all of Drive Cartel competes with. Yep. And Drive Cartel, don't get me wrong, they're incredible. I love what they do, and they take themselves very seriously. However, they are a team of people. I was going to say, they got a bunch of people. Yeah, Drive Cartel's a team. That's Dan, not one apartment with two Dan, Dan is a guy. He's one dude, and he does this. And, and I mean, Brooklyn... Yeah. Credit where dude does a ton no Brooklyn Brooklyn does a ton but like compared and Turbo I think does com- a bunch compared too. yeah but like compared to like if Newt needs some help like he can send out like a little army not right army but he can send out like you know he's got wingmen that can yeah. help him out like Brooklyn and Dan like they have each other yep. and they are able to put on incredible shows so yeah uh, Minneapolis Smile was absolutely fantastic that dude with the uh, Kia that was. Oh, um, no. The the you know the the Finding Nemo Kia that guy was a douche. Um, he is always a douche. Well, he called the other guy with the Kia the F slur and threatened to key his car in front of somebody else and made that and that person was so mad they left and so he ended up not winning his award. Um, but worse yet, 
Uh, when he left, he decided he wanted to be a petulant child about it. And we were, the fire marshal wanted us to keep cars off until their rows were leaving. Mm-hmm. And he refused to listen. And then when he left, he was sitting his two step. So he can go ahead and fuck off forever. And Ricky's a fucking turd. I, I will, ab- I will absolutely call Ricky out. And that guy sucks. Like maybe he'll show up tomorrow at cars and coffee. I would, uh, I would hope that he doesn't. Oh, we should actually tell Aaron about that. Um, but yeah, no, Ricky sucks. He needs, he usually does. Yeah. Cause Ricky needs to go ahead and not ever go to a car show ever again in his life. The other dude, the short old Jamaican dude, that's like, I'm not exaggerating this tall. And his son, oh yeah, he called him the F-slur in front of his son too. Great. Yeah, Ricky's a fucking turd. But his, the kid, that Jamaican dude, super nice. His son, great. He's Jamaican. Have you ever met a fucking shitty Jamaican person? Ricky. Oh, well, oh, he's Jamaican too? He might be like, I'm just gonna like, like second or third generation like in the States. He's probably the part of Jamaica that Royal Caribbean owns. Yeah, probably. Yeah. But um, <laughs> yeah, no, Ricky, Ricky blows ass and uh, he does not need to go to anything ever, so... But, yeah, he was the only bad thing of the show. The rest of the show was excellent. Yeah, so. I, I enjoyed it last year. The The only gripe I had was the Mercedes section was terrible. There were two cars. Well, the Mercedes section is terrible because there's not much for Mercedes in the state. That's and, true. And, but, like, the, the red pig SE never shows up to a show like that, which I get. Yeah, that's fine. But, like, and I, but I, like, I don't bring my car, but... No, the Mercedes section is always terrible. But, like, you know, what are you going to get? Like, I'd rather... You know, just not having a Mercedes award because, like, a handful of terrible cars show up than have an award and give it to a really bad car. Well, and, like, there's a European award. If I have a European really other. I, did, I actually did give the European other um, to a really good um, SLS GTR sort of thing. It was a white coupe with a carbon fiber package on it with, like, the two-piece brakes. It was a really nicely specced out, like, just totally stock... SLS. At least there was a Mercedes there. Yes, that and wasn't it, the skull and crossbones it, 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 yeah. skeleton car. Yeah, no, it, it was it was it was a genuinely well specced out Mercedes. I really enjoyed it a lot. So I was lucky enough to have an 850i six speed in the Intermark section last time for that award. Very good. Because <laughs> um, there were a couple of really prime As it was a, last year. It was year. a two day thing. I think two days is the way the way to move forward with these kind of events because hmm. it made the event a lot better. A lot more people came in. Um, and uh, the thing is, like, when I was doing judging, um, I did my judging on the first day and then finalized on the second day based off who came back. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yep. And a lot of people didn't come back, so I was able to change up some responses. There's a really good 750i, like the ni- late 90s 7 Series. E38? Yeah, that one. E38 7 Series, that was there. Uh, that left, so he didn't get his uh, first place BMW. But he was like a shoe in. Like, it was a really good one. It's like white on white. It was lowered. Like, just a stellar car. <laughs> and it's like the fact that he did that with like E38 and like made it like good and not just like kind of cobbled together. Like, Every one of those is just on bags with some fucking cheap ass wheels. I hate it. Yeah, no, this one actually had like not cheap wheels. And it was, it was in fact, I think it was probably on bags. But like, the thing is, like, the it's probably we- better that you did that award. No, the 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 cars like the wheels are actually color matched. Like they weren't just like white wheels on white car; they were actually painted to match the the color of the car itself. 
the Fair interior enough. is like a VIP style interior with like tucked like leather and stuff. I think it's cool, nice. but like <laughs> I mean, uh, those are the things you get on the 750, right? So yeah, I, I yeah. But I mean, like that's the thing. It's like it was here. I, I'm getting attacked by flies here. Just the one. It's the one. <laughs> it's asshole just this fly. one f- asshole fly. Let me let me bring up my community post about the car. There so was... I, I called him out and say like, yeah, you would have won an award, but you left. <laughs> Dick. Um, oh, I, so sorry. It, um, actually, it wasn't color match wheels. That one was like actually like everything. Isn't that Tian's car? I don't know, but it was really nice. I, I think liked that's Tian from Timbros. I, I like it a lot. It's it got really... the E65. No, those are the F01 Alpina V7 wheels. Yes, but it was a good car. Like, I like that one a lot. Yeah, so. I just don't like how lowered it is. Mm-hmm. And it's an auto. It's a E38. Yeah. I don't know what to tell you. So, you can swap it. Yeah, but <laughs> I'm also not going to have a... The automatic transmission on a full-size sedan be a hang-up over, and then give it to, like, some cobbled-together rusted in half almost, like E46, because it was a manual. I'm not going to do that. Luckily, I had a perfect F80 M3 with HRE wheels, manual, lowered just so. Very good. The car was just, clearly it was very deliberate how it was specced. Yeah. And it also happened to be a manual competition package, so he won. Yeah. Anyway. I want to talk about something way less cool than Minneapolis Mile. Do it. You won't. Do it. Damn it. (laughs) Do you remember about 2010 when all these soccer moms... Oh, God, those stupid... Yeah. Venzas? Well, the Venzas, fine. There were a bunch of others. I mean, uh, the ZDX, Acura. Oh, God. But I mean, the BMW was a BMW, the X6. The, the X6, and then they had the 5GT and the 3GT. I saw a 3GT the other day. Actually, it, it wasn't as bad to me now. Like, it's aged a little bit better. Like, if, they, if you get a manual 3GT, I wouldn't hate it as much. They may have sold it that way. That'd be interesting. If I can get a manual 3GT and put it on a normal 3 suspension, like, or at least 3X suspension, like, they 3XI are... suspension. And may Okay, so. If it, I could lower it, basically, if make it into a sedan, I'd be okay. I feel like that's kind of what's happening to the world right now, because I had no idea, but Acura actually brought back the ZDX. Oh. Yeah. Remember well, that, also, like, Acura, only Accurate thing? is hideously un, like, unimportant to everyone. Nobody oh, cares. Yeah. We've seen the Integra. Yeah, nobody cares. No, nobody cares. I but, genuinely cannot tell an Integra from what, any of their other cars well, until yeah. I look at the back. And it says Integra. Like, if, they're if just you, absolutely anonymous. If you, bought a, uh, if you bought an Integra and you put a TL badge on that, I'd be like, yeah, it's a TL. Yeah, I wouldn't know. Or like a TLX, whatever the hell they yeah, call it, it now. Not, like nothing about right? this is, is important to me, yeah. It sucks because apparently that's a, the, uh, the Type S. Is, it's an, uh, a Civic Type R, but it's yeah. an Integra. Yeah. And Actually it's, good. It's, it's better in some ways, but like apparently the stereo's worse in the Acura. And the seats are better in the Acura, so like it's there's a couple like really diverging things. It's awful. I uh, hate that. Anyway, uh, anyway, the ZDX is back, but it's it's not like a jelly bean with a can opener on the front anymore. Oh, does it have the tooth? No, it's called it's, the Acura tooth, by the way. I'm going to call it the can opener, but they they call it a castle grill, but uh, all every car reviewer called it a tooth. The tooth. Ooh. <laughs> it looks like it's got one big ass tooth. Yeah. This. It's not quite to the point where they put the Eclipse name on a CUV, but like this is clearly just them taking an old, already trademarked name from something that at least had some character to it, and they're putting it on their cross. I couldn't over. imagine taking a ZDX and making it worse, but they managed to do it. Wow. 
Yeah. Because the ZDX is already, like, pretty bad. That is nightmare fuel. Yeah. The original ZDX, it is it is literally a jelly bean with the tooth on it. I mean, yeah. they were all sold uh, in you also had, you, you could not get out of the backseat, I remember. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the uh, the coupe roof line they put on God, that thing? I hate that piece of shit. The, Z, the first gen ZDX. Why are, are they bringing it back? I don't know. But anyway, at yeah. least we got fun, shitty things like the cross cab. Yeah, like they made goofy, shitty things. Right, yeah. right. Like I, I understand, man. Like if you really love convertibles, but you need four seats and you want an SUV for some reason, boy, that's a weird combination of things. But like Nissan hooked you up. Yeah, you you got the thing, like the thing that nobody asked for. But like, okay, just make sure that you buy a spare. That's top awful. I hate now. that. I, I'm not going to cover anything about this, but like that sounds like a piece of shit, and it looks expensive, and it is expensive. It is expensive and forgettable. Why is that not just an RDX? That I, looks like an RDX to me. I don't get it. Like, this means nothing to me. Do you remember that a bunch of times we said Acura is out of touch with their uh, demographic? Oh, Acura is utterly irrelevant. You know, we were talking, you know, I was talking about, like, how, um, like, Toyota and stuff, like, they have, like, their cars, or if, like, they kill them, they lose their everything. Acura yeah. did that, and then never came back mm-hmm. and when they brought it back they brought it back like the new nsx like don't get me wrong it's a good car really like, nobody cares dude did you watch Haggerty's piece with uh camisa on the nsx no he has some things to say about the second gen nsx yeah it was, it's not it was very it's, heartening it's not the same car it's just like it exists it okay. isn't but he drew a lot of very interesting parallels to the point where like they were both like technological showcases of their time yeah which was really interesting i mean that's fine like the second gen sucks though don't get me wrong the second gen, yeah, it's a, it's a showcase, but, like, what's it achieving, though? Like, there's a lot of cars that are showcases. Like, technically, the Escalade 900 or 600 is a oh showcase. God. But, like, it doesn't mean that it's, like, anything good. Like, right. Being a technological showcase, like, a Halo car that, like, it's, like, a, like, actually desirable versus just, like, a Halo car that sucks, two different things. Yep. A, Chry- a Chrysler Crossfire oh at the time was its God. Halo car. Like... Okay. Oh my God, you're right. Yeah. Like, oh. Okay. Like, good. That's that's not anything to write home about, though. Like, One of the most don't be proud of that. Cut Mercedes that you stapled plastic Chrysler pieces onto was your flagship automobile. Yeah, being a <laughs> being a flagship and being good are like those aren't mutually dependent upon each other. But Ryan, it's got an electronic spoiler. Cool. <laughs> like, I don't know. Accurate, like. I just I, I I have to try so hard to like care about modern Acura and, and you Honda. shouldn't because we determined like the last really good era for Acura was like the early nineties. I'd say no, uh, early two thousands. Early two thousands. Yeah, because they like still had some stuff when they made the K series. That but, is like, true. But like mm-hmm. yeah, genuinely, yeah. like but the thing is, like they haven't done anything revolutionary since the nineties. Like since Soichiro Honda died, Honda's been basically just floundering for thirty years. Like they they spent they spent ten years living off their like off their laurels and, and then the like goodwill yeah their goodwill and then like a broken clock is right twice a day they made the k series and that was it and then everything they've done since is not something that could not have been achieved by anybody else like the new civic type R coming to america it's good i'll admit that but like that car as good as it is is not special no like anybody could have made that there are special cars in the world that have been made since then. Like, the Fiat 500 is a special vehicle. Yeah, so good. Um, like, the Corolla GT4 is a special vehicle. Like, And the new GR. Uh, I'll, I'll, even, I'll even give the BRZ. Like, 
yeah, those are special vehicles that are very unique and like only could be achieved by that specific company. Um, Toyota makes like, a lot of good product. Like Honda, like they've not done anything like that. Yeah, Honda. Like, where's your Corolla GR? Even the Prius is its own thing, and like. Honda, they made the Insight. That was cool, the first gen, but like everything after that's been like... Do you remember the second gen Insight? Yuck. Yeah, or like the CRZ. Meh. Meh sandwich. No, even though CRZ was basically a modernized second gen Insight. And like, it drives well, but the powertrain is just so half-baked. Yeah, it was totally... And they, again, did not listen to what the market wanted. The right. market wanted an SI, where it's like, just do anything to get it Let's put power. the Honda Fit engine in it and put a hybrid in there. And make no power. And they're like, well, the CRX didn't make any power. I'm like, yeah, the CRX did not make any power. You are correct. However, the thing is, everybody loves the CRX because they make the CRX make power. And you cannot with the CRZ. (laughs) Yeah, you can bolt on a supercharger. Nobody gives a shit about a stock CRX. And even then, it didn't make power. Correct. (laughs) But when you drove a CRX relative to a... Chevy Celebrity with the Iron Duke, you noticed it was a very different special vehicle. It was alive, and the CRZ never was. Oh and so God. that's yeah. Like <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. That, that Honda's Honda Acura have not been relevant for a long time. Like honestly, the Fit was a special car because the Fit felt like a CRX. That is the well, yeah, because it's a modern yeah, it's a modern Civic essentially. Yeah, that is the a, only Honda I recommend to people, and yeah. I do regularly because the Fit is a great car. Yeah, and they've been discontinued for a couple of years, but you can still find them yeah. used. Um, it's gonna be the new. But anyway, what I want to what I'm gonna what I want to talk about here before we round out the episode. Um, <laughs> speaking of like classic cars and stuff, I want to talk about seasonality. Okay, because um, where I work as a day job at the bat. Yeah, at, at the bat. Um, there's a lot of evidence about if seasonality actually affects car sales. Hmm. And what do you think? Do you think seasonality has any effect? I do. But, statistically, but like with convertibles, right? No. Statistically, no? none. Really? Even in the state of Minnesota. Because hmm. we have, we've been uh, tracking all these different cars, and now that we have so many model pages for everything, like we don't have just a few model pages anymore. It's like almost... We're working on every car eventually having a model page. Or not quite every car, but like almost every car. Um, and with these model pages, we'll be able to find out that, like, yeah, there's literally no effect on seasonality. <laughs> like, even within cars being sold in Minnesota to Minnesota buyers. I would probably lose that bet, especially with convertible. And so, this is the thing. This is like, so it sounds weird. But then when you think about it, like, it makes sense because, like, it is a total myth. Because, like, if you're spending $30,000 on a car, you're not living with your mom. You're not like going, you're not like impulse buying that. Right. Yeah. Like maybe, maybe on the market, like the sub $5,000 cars where you have to like trick somebody into buying your car, you might be able to like have some seasonality effect. But like realistically, like winter always is going to happen. You're always considering winter storage. Like if you were spending $30,000 on a car, you have a place to put it. Like, seasonality has no effect on that True. but also you're like okay well convertibles you're yeah. like, clearly convertibles have to because you only enjoy it half the year well, no you can still drive a convertible in winter but also if you're spending thirty thousand dollars on a classic car you're not driving in winter like if you had a, if you had a hardtop z4 versus a ragtop z4 you're not driving that winter because you're going to be concerned you're be concerned about enjoying your z4 in winter or if you are going to drive it in winter it's not going to have any effect because you're going to drive it in winter regardless because right. they sold the car new in winter like <laughs> 
Like, okay, that's like the best thing I've heard yeah, all day. Like, well, it, they sold the car new in winter. Like it's it's not like somebody goes, oh shit, it's winter. I can't buy the Z4 while they're in financing. Like no, they either thought it through or they didn't. But the thing is, also in summer, you still have shit you have to deal with. Oh my god, because like yeah, I snow sucks. So you think of snow because you see it. Yeah, but like in summer. If you're buying, say, AW11 MR2, and you're like, fuck, I don't want it to rust out over winter. Well, you don't want it to get hailed on or have the dashboard cracked in half from heat. Yeah. Like, we give winter a lot of shit, but like, it's pretty no, good. No, summer, summer's just as shitty. Like, if look we, at yeah. look at cars in Southern California. They all look the way they do. Their paint's baked. What paint? Yeah, exactly. You look at cars in Georgia. They are like in Kansas. They're always made of like, they look like, they look like golf balls. <laughs> they look like Mars, dude. Yeah, they they're all like rubber. It's just, it's all crazed. Yeah, it's all crazed, and all the panels are wavy because they've been hit with hailstones. <laughs> like, no. and that—that's the thing—is like that was just a little bit of tornado yeah, damage. Yeah, statistically, like it, it is really mind blowing because, like, even I thought there's like some sort of effect. Like, I always thought, like, I would have thought so too. I always thought, like, by telling people this, I was just like, yeah, I'm just like telling the line so like people like you know sell their cars in winter because otherwise we just have everybody selling all at summer at the same time. But like. No, like, realistically, like, we have cars that do terribly in summer and do terribly in winter. We have cars that sell great in summer and sell great in winter. There is a very, very negligible less than, like, less than a $1,000 effect about. That's crazy. On cars. But that is greatly outweighed by seller presentation. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, is is seller presentation... And the quality of the car itself. And so winter can have an effect on seller pres- presentation. If the sellers don't want to go out and take underside photos, that's fair. But, like, that, again, is not directly winter. That is the <laughs> seller presentation. Right. You have workarounds. That's um, seasonal affective disorder. Yeah, that's, doing that's the seller themselves, not the car. <laughs> but uh, there's another effect where actually winter has a benefit is everybody – defaults to selling their cars in summer Mm -hmm. so if let's say you have a z4 that you're selling Mm -hmm. you are selling your z4 in a flood of z4s because everybody is selling their z4 in summer sure but actually uh, the best way to sell a z4 is actually like if you're selling on like burning trailer or something like sell in winter there's less cars for sale somebody's gonna be sitting there going man i want a convertible for summer because that's also a thing. Yep. Like we have people that literally I shop during, the yeah, no, during people with seasonal affective disorder will consider buy, making summer purchases in the middle of winter mm-hmm. to make themselves feel better, and that's actually your that that counteracts the fact that you can't immediately enjoy it. I feel like there's probably a supply and demand component to that too, yeah. though, right? Because if you have a flood of cars that would be worth more, yep. but you're competing, they come down a little yep. bit. And if in the winter you're the only one, maybe it comes up a little it bit. It does. And the, so it's, that's it's probably, literally, and that's the thing is we have discovered that it is literally a wash. That's incredible. Like it, it is statistic. I believe it. Yeah, it is a statistic wash. And like, I've been telling people this, and like, finally we have like the research, data, right? <laughs> like the actual data on this. And it is a statistic. Like, no, look, <laughs> it is a statistic wash. Cause like, you'll find some, yeah, there are some outliers, but like when you start looking at the outliers, there's so many other factors that where it's like the difference in value that you see in the car can easily be attributed to the car itself, where right. it's like the car being sold in summer that sells poorly. Like, yeah, it was silver on silver SMG, right? Oh my God. Or silver on gray SMG. Like, okay, but the car it sells in winter for record money, 
is you know a, interlagos on cinnamon exactly manual, manual yeah. interlagos cinnamon like no nav heated manuals heated Stop, manual i can only get so erect yeah like it'll be the best one you could possibly think of and it's just like like that literally will make a difference or like they'll be like in summer it'll be a per like two like i want color data breakdown and bring a trailer two cosworth yeah we're working on that That'd two awesome. two cosworth 190s right and then one, the dude uses his photos from three years ago and refuses to take more. And it's smoke and, silver. And it's smoke silver. And the other, North the, American the, the other one is North American headlights, smoke silver. But the guy actually detailed the car and had professional photos taken and took his photos at the, in the golden hour so that smoke silver looks as good as possible. I actually love smoke silver. Yeah. But the black but, cars bring more money. Yeah, exactly. But like the thing is, is that seller presentation will... You can have a shit car with good presentation sell for more than a good car. I've seen... Pay a photographer. I have personally watched a SMG M3 sell for more than a competition uh, package M3 based off of presentation. I believe you. Because the competition package, the dude like never cleaned it. He beat the shit out of it. He didn't take any good photos. All his photos were in his driveway. They were all taken with his phone vertically. Oh, no. Yeah, all of his videos were horizontal. So his videos were actually sideways, though. Good. When, when he uploaded them. So the car pointed downwards. That is downwards. so confusing. But, like... That is so confusing. The, he just made, like... It, it, just the worst... It, but, like, then you see a SMG car outperform it. The SMG car paid for the snapper photos. Actually... Uploaded get, service records of the rod had bearings. All, had all of the service records. Showed that the rod bearings had been replaced. Showed I, all all the stuff, and I've yeah, literally I would buy the SMG this. car. Absolutely, yeah. And because that's the you thing. know what I people can do fix that. that like, <laughs> people do that. Um, there's so many examples of cars have done this. Like, there's like 323 GTXs where so they didn't cool. sell in winter because the guy just didn't want to take his photos in winter. And it's like you could have that's like cool taken, yeah, you could have taken good photos, but instead you like went out and took three photos a day, and we had to fight back and forth for like half the winter, and it finally sold and fe- it finally went live in February and you didn't take the time to actually take good photos, even though you were offered every opportunity to take good photos. And we even have like a photo guy. I was going like, to say, it's not that hard if you want to do it yourself too, but I cannot imagine a scenario where paying a photographer, which I think you guys even offer the yes, service, we do. Yep. Yeah. where you don't get that back. Yeah. And well, that's the thing is the photography service does pay back big time. And if you like our photographer, we've actually, now we do a minimum of four videos from photographers okay. with the service. So you get you get photo and videography services, um, but yeah, that's super helpful. And like, even if like you say like if you live in like rural Pennsylvania and there's no photographer nearby, there's we have a really 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 good photo guide. Yeah, that like we've recently revamped to like show you exactly what to do and give example <laughs> it's photos. Like a gray cutout where your car should be and like do this. Pretty much. Yeah. No, it's, <laughs> it, it is literally. Oh man, you guys should have an app that literally will get camera permissions and it won't let you take the photos if they're not perfect. That'd be be amazing. Wouldn't that be stellar? But, like, even in the photo guide, like, we have a simple, simplified photo guide where it just tells you what to do. And it's just, there's so many resources in the world these days to really make it so if you want to sell your car for good money, you can. Yeah. Like, it's just... It's a choice. You can, you're literally choosing at this point, I don't want to represent the car well, I'm lazy. I think the car is going to sell fine. Okay, cool. Well, you want to be lazy, and you're not going to make any money. 
So that's fine. There will be some guy that will buy your car as is. He'll get top bid. He will do nothing and flip it on literally on the same auction site a month later after a detail. I like, like that tag now. Yeah. Where it shows if the car has already been on BAT in the yeah. past. I like that. Yeah. It's cool. It's, it's fun it, to watch the history. Yeah, it is. And like, it's literally just like, yeah, somebody just bought the car in Branchyard and then like put tires on it and then sold it for like five grand more. Also did the one service that's super critical or some shit. Yeah. Like like, just like did like literally the one service. I bought and, the SMG M3 with no service history and I did cam bolts and rod bearings and took pictures. There yeah. you go. Bye. And there, there you go. Yeah. I, I spent like $3,000 and got 10 grand back. If even. Like, yeah. yeah. Like three thousand dollars for hiring your own photographer, not going to snapper. <laughs> right. Like, because the thing is, the snapper is like. Oh, now you got two flies, Ryan. <laughs> no, this is awful. Like, sorry. yeah, snapper like is a really great deal, and it's it's, it's just it, it's just it's mind blowing. It's not just bring a trailer either. Like, this is literally. Oh, it's. Th- it's representative of if you go on cars and bids, if you or go if you go on P car market, dude. or yeah, you like, go anywhere. Like, Cargers, Auto Trader, like yeah, like now that you have like consistent like like actual like history of cars like yeah no cars are selling fine and it's like dealerships dealerships will not sell a brz in the middle of winter and the reason they're not selling the brz in the middle of winter is it's locked away in the show floor they got those like ai images and that yeah yeah no but like that's how i get my cars cheap yeah you buy them in winter yeah but like that's i buy them with bad photos that's i mean like yeah you just mercy zero interior photos yeah. None. It had five shitty external photos with the, the doors up. Yep. Yeah, that's the thing. Is Also, door up photos do not matter. Everybody knows how door works. The only time you should ever, ever take a photo with anything operational is if it's a known problem. Like, <laughs> right? If you have a... If you have a show a cross cab with the top halfway down? Yes, if you have a Bricklin oh my and you God. show both doors open <laughs> evenly, that's good. But, like... <laughs> You don't need to open your doors on your 300ZX, dude. Like, chill out. Close them. Close it all up. Make it look nice. Do you see the Bose logo, though? Mm. Yeah, I'm sure I do. Yeah, close the door, though. Like, fuck. So, yeah. Fun fact. Seasonality does not exist. So That's actually really, really cool information. And I believe you, but it's nice to get that perspective. And, like, really the thing that made it click for me was it makes sense. There's more supply. Yep. So the supply even demand, though yeah. your car should be worth more there and everyone thinks it is, there's more competition. So you have to bring it back down versus in the winter. And you might even get a, a better spec car in the winter. Yeah. And it's it, – it, it is – also the thing is, is, like, what we also noticed – bring this back before we're done. Oh, that's all good. Um, so – People in southern states. So let's look at buying, like, um, this actually, I did this myself. I was looking at Brunton Stalker, which is a LS-powered Caterham. Oh, my God. Incredible. Suicide machine. Yep. So Holy I was looking shit. at Caterham prices and where cars went between winter and summer. And that's a car where it's like, obviously, this is a problem to own in winter. Um, but this is also a car that is a problem to own in summer because guess what you don't have? Any sort of climate control. Also, basically no protection from anything in the environment. All winter, everybody in Texas and California were buying them all up. Hmm. All summer, people in Pennsylvania, Minnesota, and like Maine were buying them up because it literally would switch. Mm-hmm. And because... Like, like, it makes sense. It's it, like... The- that was That's the only... The only time I've seen any sort of seasonal... But, again, it didn't make a change in the price. Is the price right. is still the same. It just changed but where the But that was, was the thing. is like, Even though there was no seasonality difference, 
that was the the I, I can I probably chalk that up to like an effect of being like I can immediately enjoy the car. And again, that's not gonna affect you in the least. You're gonna get the money. And right. it, that did not that ultimately we still had Catterhams and upbrunt and stalkers like making record prices in, stalker. in June and in November. So prices are prices. They're, you're going to get your money. It's going to be market value any time of the year. There's like, always somebody that wants to buy it. I don't sell cars that often, but like when I do, it's not because I'm trying to time a market. I think that's a fool's errand. It's because I need the garage space at that point. But yeah. I have no illusion that it's worth any different throughout the year. But, I mean... You asked me earlier, point blank. I'm like, yeah. do you believe yeah. in seasonality? I'd be like, yes, I do. They, yeah, that's and, like, I, that, I had to make this a big ass topic because I was like, yeah, this is a thing that exists and I'm blown away by it. Or it's not. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a thing. The, right. the myth is a thing. Correct. Yes. yes. Anyway, right. let's get our last two topics. Just blast through them real quick. So since Monarch Car Week yes. it just happened, I, I want to talk about the first time I saw a Lotus. With the wacky stacks. Oh, yeah. The, the uh, fuel injection? Oh, my God, dude. The, the velocity stacks on these old Lotuses. There's something just immensely bonkers. Because they go like this, yeah. They, they intertwine. They're at different levels. Yep. And they're, none of them are straight up. Yep. So you, you see this thing, and it looks like just it looks, it looks like stalagmites yeah. in a cave or something like that. But anyway, Lotus, and unfortunately, this is rendering, so I don't know if they're actually going to do it, but the Type 66 race car, they've made hints at making a new one. Oh, they should. And they should put wacky stacks on it. This is the rendering. So this is a manual wacky stack fuel injected now. Yeah. Why not? Why yeah. not? I love Give that. us that. Look how beautiful it is. It's so classically so cool. amazing. Look at this little shifter box. It looks like I actually a- saw a uh, um like that. I, I saw a um Ford wacky stacks. I saw a Ford FE powered um like hot rod of sorts with wacky stacks on it. Oh, I love yeah, it was like '70s, like mechanical fuel injection. It was very cool. It was in like, it, it, yeah, it was just like some sort of like fiberglass, like cool ass hot rod. I saw very a, good. and you will know what this is better than I will. Oh, it's a Celine Fox body, yes. Uh but it had fuel injection. Yes, fuel injection with the stacks. It's just so cool. Yeah, no individual throttle body fuel injection on V8. It's great. Yeah, and like I feel like that's the. I don't know what racing series it was in the 90s, but like Ford sponsored a lot of IMSA. racing series. Yeah, that, that, that's IMSA, yeah. Like, th- that's got to be very yeah, similar to the configuration. IMSA, Iraq. Iraq is actually a racing series. That's okay. what it was for. But International Race of Champions is what Iraq is. Oh. Yeah. Now With know. or without the Z? Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> funny. Uh, but I'm a funny guy. Also, most Pontiac like names like Can-Am, Grand-Am. Yeah, so, like, that's true. Okay. All right. Basically, American, yeah. Trans Am. Like, every single Pontiac is named after a racing series, except for the Trans Sport, which is just a name. Wow. That's the a Dustbuster. That is a pun. That is named after a Dustbuster. It's a pun, yes. But, I mean, just look at That's so cool. Stacks, I love man. that. I, that's really good. Lotus, you're already a low-volume manufacturer. This is going to be a race-only vehicle. It's not going to be street legal. It's not going to count against your car. Just fucking make it. When I do, uh, if I ever get that D-Series put into a car... I'm, cause I have, Is that the car you showed me earlier? No, it, that would probably be where the D-Series goes. But I've got the individual throttle body oh, manifold man. for it. I just, oh, the ITBs perfect. would totally have... Just chrome that shit up, put it on that yep. green car. Yeah, it'd be perfect. Um, I hope you buy that. I really hope I can get it. I really <laughs> want that really bad. So, I want to talk about... Yep. You want to talk about what? Yep. 
Let's go to my next topic. Yep. Hold on. Yep, goes on sale. Okay. Yep. All right. So the Wuling Daoyong Yep is a tiny EV SUV that is just $11,000. This is what I need. Yep. Yep. This is it. I'm a little disappointed that the Yep doesn't have an exclamation point. I know. Well, I mean, it's also in Chinese, so I don't think they have traditional like Western Are they excited style. about it at least? I'm sure they are. Look at that. How could you not be? It's yellow, and it looks like a little... Um, it's an EV, like, Jimny. Jimny. Sorry, yeah, it's an EV, like, Jimny, like, Bronco-looking thing. Look at the back on the Holy oh, shit, it says hello, and it's got oh, hearts on it. It's like a little Defender Jimny. God, I want that. This is so good. Yep. Yep, that's the car for me. It's got four-spoke wheels, like a mini Cooper GP. Uh, 67 horsepower, 103 pound-feet of torque. Electric motor. Oh, so Single good. electric motor. 188 miles. Hell yeah. 62 mile an hour top speed. Beauty. Yeah, that's kind of what I want. Uh, that, that's like a absolutely electronically limited 62. Look, oh, well, it's probably based on the Wuling Mini, which has not very much final drive. <clears throat> no. But I'm sure it's spunky around the... Uh, this, I'd oh, probably get it. I, I would love to drive that. Oh, I also... I get to drive a Pyro Jr. Oh. Actually, finally, speaking of this. And that was at uh, Hot Sauce Tuesdays a couple weeks ago. Uh, where you weren't there. Well, and I've only been to one. No, it's it's fine. It's but I um, working on bettering myself. Yeah, no, it was. Uh, <laughs> I got to drive a Pajero Junior. Uh, let me and, tell you. And perfect. That's exactly what I'm looking for. Was it an Emmanuel? Yeah, very good. What it engine? Was, uh, the one point one gas. Oh yes. So it's a little high geared. <clears throat> so the guy had like some like seventeen inch like XXR wheels. So he just like picked up some. This like Puerto Rican dude. He's really nice. But he's like he had some like XXR like giant wheels on rubber bands he's like yeah i just drive this like work all the time so i needed that to like lower the rpms for fuel economy interesting okay he's like he said he's like i was like the thing is is you can actually just keep the same differentials and just get the transfer case uh gearing out of a diesel and it actually cuts rpms a ton yeah i could see the highway two ratio transfer case yeah makes sense i'm like oh shit that that's the (laughs) move right there is the diesel uh high range yeah, dude. OEM diff swapping needs to make a comeback. Yeah, and uh, like uh, that would Com- kind of be a perfect vehicle. Like even even without the diff swap, it'd still be perfect. I'd be fine with that. Well, I understand, but I've done a bunch of OE diff swapping, and I really am about it. Yeah, no, it makes it makes the car totally better. Well, yeah, hundred I mean, percent. You, you can either really pursue fuel economy, or you can you can shave like a second off the zero to sixty time if no you go more with like, than that. Well, yeah, probably. Same with the Buick. So, oh, you've got a 279? How about the four tenths? There was a dealership in the 60s, in 1961, specifically a Buick, and they did a um, AFX, uh, a factory, a pro-stock factory dragster cool. with a Invicta uh, two-door. And what they did, so with AFX, you're now allowed to do any aftermarket parts other than what the car comes with. Okay, but like OE parts catalogs, fair game? Yep. Nice. And so the Buick happened to make a Buick commercial, which is based on the Galat commercial, that used a ambulance differential, which was super short ratio. Um, it's like a five fifty six or something. Yeah. <laughs> like seriously, that's actually pretty close. It's like it was like a five three yeah. differential. Well, dude, uh, diffs are crazy. Like, there's only so was, many different think, ratios you was, can cut. I think it was five four to one or something. But like, um, he did that, and then he got a uh, fixed pitch torque converter. Okay. Which is weird. Ditch the switch pitch. Well, as for the Dynaflow, so you yeah. could have just the one, two. Sure. On it. And then, um, 
I think what he he did that, and then I think they did. I don't think it was a dual carb manifold. I can't remember what carburetor the different factory carburetor, the dual exhaust system. Um, but I think after the header, they got like this, like let it go off the header and called it a day. Sure. Um, because they <laughs> couldn't actually do the dual exhaust running because of the frame rail. So it's like, let it like go out. Like also probably no factory part for a dual exhaust. Yeah. So it's like kind of like, I think you can modify the exhaust and that was it. Okay. And so you just did like a little like shorty exhaust out the fenders. Um, and it ran like I think like they got like fourteen or fifteen out of on a sixties ju- tire. Yeah, holy shnikes. Yeah, like let me see here. That's I'll, intense. I'm have to do some research on this because this is a long time ago when when I well, add it to the two ninety five topic. Then I want to hear about this. Buick, uh, I'm going to put it at the top because I want to hear about that. Yeah, I'm seeing if I can find those so real quick. AFX? It might have been AFX. It might have been a different class. Um, so, yeah, it was the... Funny enough, the uh, differential is for both ambulances and hearses. So, sorry, it was a 444. That's what it was. It was a 444 rear end. Okay, that's not as shallow as i would have thought but that's still, um, i mean it's an absurdly short gear ratio yeah so his first pure stock buick he did mm-hmm. is 1955 and it ran a 15.6 in 1955 yes that's lighting and the then, world on fire so um in 61 he did four or 1473 at 93 miles an hour with a 444 rear end it's a hell of a trap speed. yep it was um yeah, so he was able to trick people into thinking it was a power glide when it was just a Buick transmission with a uh, fixed-pitch different... Uh, well, what's the difference between a Dynaflow with a fixed-pitch converter and a power glide? Yeah, exactly. It's the final drive, ultimately. But um, let's see here. It's like his car was literally 59 Invicta. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was literally just a 59 Buick. Oh, I'm angry. Oh, I'm uh, I, I actually, that's my favorite front end of any American car ever made. Um, and it's because it looks angry. Uh, I like friendly, happy cars like the, yep. Yep. So, all right. So, 1959, uh, 4,600 pounds, 15 um, seconds flat with uh, 444 gears and .030 shaved off the head. So, you brought it down to 1470. That had to have upped to the compression ratio a quite a bit. bit. Yeah, yeah, but still stock parts. 0. 0.030 is a big chunk of meat off some heads. So, um, <laughs> 1961, here we go. 1961 Invicta, um, 444 gears, 30 shaved off, um, and then Castler, Castlers, I guess, are the tires. Um, Probably pizza cutters or something. Or pie cutters? He ran uh, nine, in 1962 the best time of that car with the... Oh, so it was a, it was a switch pitch. So it was on-off. Like, it, okay. it wasn't a variable. It was a, a variable pitch, but he had an actual shifter for it. Okay. For switching so he could still the vans. Control. Yeah, he, he, a controllable. Gotcha. Yeah. 1421. That's pretty good. For all stock parts out of a Buick. So his name is Lenny Pop Kenny, uh, Kennedy. Let, I, oh, why what couldn't it have been Lenny Pop Kenny? I know, right? 
Uh, Kennedy is still pretty good. It is, but it's not I, Kenny. I just added the uh, link there. So we'll, we'll do a little bit more on him maybe next time. But the Autopian link? No, yeah, that's... No, not. it's the one I just added right before beer on 294. Right below beer. Oh, Reynolds, 1915 black spot. I gotcha. Let me drag it up to the correct window. Bam. So that's his later GS that he did. The GS400 was... Tab... No, it's fine. Just don't worry about it. Because that, that, that's... I hate the GS. So keep, keep going down. Scroll down. You'll see right there. There's is, the Invicta. That, that's his 59. That's his 61 down there. And then there's a 61 drag racing, a Pontiac. So, very small photo because this is a blog spot. But you'll see right the there, that is a 1961 Buick Invicta bubble top racing against a uh, 60 three uh le mans or a tempest yeah so that's just cool as fuck to me i love that that's that's pretty impressive all factory buick parts i really 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 like factory place uh, sorry factory parts in the wrong place yes and that's everything he did was factory parts in the wrong place and making it fast as hell um yeah i can't get enough of stuff like this like this is why drag racing was cool is it was literally just like, let's throw stuff together that exists that you can do in your backyard. I was and talking to Tom about M54 swapping E30s because they were at a chump race last weekend and they had somebody there that was mopping everyone the floor <laughs> with a 2.5. I'm like, yeah, you can do it with. There's only one thing you can't do with factory BMW parts, and that is the wiring between the chassis and the engine computer, okay. which isn't that hard. But like, you can literally bolt it in, cooling system, transmission. Motor mounts, everything. You can do with factory BMW parts. Just in the wrong place. That's incredible. I, I can't get enough of that. Um, I think... So, he, uh, oh, uh, so finishing up with this guy. Yeah. Uh, once he really he, loves horses. You once he, yeah, his. once he got out of doing just totally stock stuff, he put on a TH400, which is just... He started swapping from other GM platforms that would bolt on to Buick stuff while keeping a Buick platform without getting into actual aftermarket. Sure. Uh, 12.30 in 1966, the best time of 111 miles an hour. That is a market improvement. Yeah. That, that's what a TH400 does. That's why people are like, wow, the TH400 is a great fucking transmission. No, it is a great fucking transmission. Like, it is a night and day difference for drag racing. Because wow, it, That's a lot faster than my Model S. My car will do twelve nine at one hundred. Oh, holy shit! And this is with stinky Buick mm-hmm. from the sixties using factory with ancient tires yeah. with, with parts that just exist yeah. and rear-wheel drive only. Yep. Um, <laughs> yeah. Let's see here. Um, I just like his painting of the horse in the farm field. So he finally did. All right. Let's see here. So he did his final car that he did. It was in 1970, I think. It was that GS that you saw. Yep, that 455 stage yep. two. And he was able to get that with so a 1000 CFM modified thermo quad, which is the thermo quad. Yeah, that was the fact. That was the factory, uh, the factory carburetor, but thermostatically. Uh, yep, the secondaries. Se- thermostatic secondaries. 1000 CFM, by the way. And this that's, is still a on a big nail. Big boy carb. This is still on nail head. Um, let's see. So. Stage two, or I guess it wasn't a four. It, it was, this was this would be just a Buick, so this would not be a, a four hundred one. This is a four fifty five. Stage two heads, uh, Edelbrock intake, CF four hundred carburetor, eleven inch tires. Well, Edelbrock St- intake isn't stock. 
Yeah, so th- this is this is when he left that class. But if you're on twelve o, that's but pretty this good. Is, this is like he he didn't br- open up the engine outside of like stuff. The engine did not leave the car for these modifications. Sure. Um, this is a one beer garage job. Yes. So <laughs> that car that you're looking at right there, uh, it did better than that, and it did 123 miles an hour. 10.7 second quarter mile. Jesus. 10 second car, pretty much stock with like modifications. Like next day you can do it in your backyard modifications. That's pretty fucking cool. That's a lot cooler than fat dads and road glides. Oh my God. Like fat dads and road glides. That, that is a lot better than your average, just like boob driving some random Mopar. He just threw a couple of go fast parts on. He still has an open rear end and doesn't know what he's doing. Like, that's actually, that's why muscle cars were considered cool, was that guy right there. Pop Reynolds. Yep. Yeah. Because you had to have at least some rudimentary basic understanding of how to drive. Yep. To have a car like that. And it was, it was attainable. It was an attainable thing that yeah. you could actually make faster. Oh, yeah. And, like, that's, like. Because one of these five years old, it was worth nothing. Yeah. And, like, this guy, yeah, he owned a Buick dealership. But like, all of his shit that he did was just stuff you could do. And that's really awesome. And, like, he even proved, like, with his older cars, like, a Janus 61, like, if, I, if we, instead of having the torque converter pitch mm-hmm. be based off of the throttle input, I could just put another shifter in there yep. and just have that shifter control I was going to say twin stick, but, like, no, it would still be there, it'd be like, one it, stick. It'd be, like, a stick and, then like, what looks like a choke, basically. Get a 2CV shifter and just pull out for some Yeah, pitch. exactly. Like... That would that honestly sounds really cool. So, I don't know. If I get my own 59 or something like this, I'm totally going to do that style build because that's a lot cooler to me than, like, slamming it with gigantic wheels. Correct. Like, I, I, we are in agreement. Yeah. No, if I'm a... Chance car's going to get lowered, but it's going to keep stock wheels. Everything's going to be error-correct on it. But, yeah, old muscle car, like, actual hot-rodding drag racing shit is a lot cooler than modern day muscle car let's keep it stock and let's go i want to go take it to ncrs thing it's untouched it's all original i don't stock care about block gtr dude everybody's got a stock car everybody's got a stock car with an engine out of a truck that's been rebadged as a stock engine nobody cares make it interesting to me error correct modifications dude like how about like just mod the engine the car came with like error correct stuff like dude don't try to make it something that's not like don't give me a pro stock thing like, yeah, give me a '90s Motec. Don't, computer. don't. If I hear the word "modernized" anywhere in your vehicle description, I want to shoot you with a bag full of rock salt. Like, this sounds awful. Like, oh, that's aggressive. Like, yeah, I don't want to hear anything about that. that sounds awful. <laughs> <laughs> I modernized Blubsky with a snowmobile engine computer. Well, yeah, but like your stuff is like just like weird thing. That's not like muscle car where you're like yeah i put on holly efi injection because i don't know how to turn two knobs to tune my carburetor correctly let the record show i did not use a easy to fit v8 that has universal easy support for everything yours is yeah like you didn't make it i put in a stupid mercedes engine that's worse in every way you you made something that the factory could have made yes like feasibly like that that's something that could have been done in arrow Mm -hmm. yeah 76 they made an m117 it just wasn't that one yeah, like that's all stuff that could have been done like in era or by a tuning shop in the eighties. I am. Whereas it was its own like mecha- like its own like electronic fuel injection system that yep. the shop made. Could have been D Jet. 
yeah, like that's something, existed. That's something the shop could have done, but like, right. you know, when I see like, I don't know, like I, that I showed you that Mopar the other day or from last night, like that was really cool because like, oh, just a beige on beige, yeah, teeny big block. The dude perfect didn't, the guy didn't runner. like rebuild it to make it factory. It that one happened to be unchanged, right? Like I'd rather look at that than look at the dude who's like tried to make it look like it was factory. I'm like, no, either it is factory or you can do modifications that make sense in the car. That kind of car, they all got like fake 440 max wedged and they yeah. all got beat. Now they're all bastard. They all suck. Yeah. yeah. No, that guy's 383. Like, no, I just got the small big block. He's there, I got 383 with a torque flight and it's all beige. Cool. I like that. Or it's like. Mad respect. Yeah. Or it's like. Yeah, I got 383, but I found a dual-carb intake in a junkyard, so I stuffed that on with two factory carburetors. I got some, like, Hedman headers that I got. Period Hedman headers. Yeah, I got some, like, period Hedman headers that I found, like, at a slot meet. And I put, like, that's cool stuff. Like, we actually have to, like, like if, I could, if you can tell me why specifically this part makes your car better, not just it performs well, but, like, what intrinsically adds to this car being the best form of itself like because the thing is when you do pro stock stuff you're not trying to make the car itself you're trying to make it into something else what you're telling me when i see a camaro lowered on like if i see like a 69 camaro lowered on like 20 inch wheels with like of with like independent rear suspension out of a c4 (laughs) out of a c4 that like they and they did like fuel injection and now it's got air conditioning and bucket seats and a center console and cup holders and a Bluetooth stereo. What you're telling me is you don't actually want a 69 Camaro. Correct. You want a 2019 Camaro. No, you want a Corvette, which yeah, is what you turned what, your car into. What you're doing is you want a modern car. Like, no, I want, and I want the in-era racer. That's cool. I'm glad those exist because that's, that's the kind of version of that car I would actually want. Yeah, it's like cool. And they're, they'll be worth nothing someday. Yeah, well, like, a, you know, like part- a pro mod '68 Camaro. Pfft. Yeah, at some point in time, nobody's gonna want that. No, nobody's gonna want that. It's coming very quickly, I'm sure. So probably it's, it's just like all the hot rods you see with LT ones from the '90s. Like nobody wants an Eliminator hot rod. And I've always said, hey man, I'd love an Eliminator street rod for a daily driver. They're made of fiberglass and they have a V8. They're gonna run forever, and it's gonna have a very comfy dodge intrepid interior oh yeah and all, nobody's gonna care if i rust it out I like if i manage to make it rust yeah it's yeah. a it's a great daily driver all right cool let's i think that's a good place to end on here do we have anything else that's the end of all the right topics. there you go hey thanks yep. for thanks for joining us see you see you later Bye-bye. bye i'm gonna go to the state fair to have fun